Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Everybody, my name is Sarah and I have been part of Ivy Church for the last 20 or so years, which is a terrifying thought. Um, I'm married to Steve, I've got three young boys and we live up on the Merseybank estate, just about a mile away from our Disbury site. And this morning I have come to speak to you in our series about knowing growing and going. Last week you heard Tim talk to you about knowing God, what it is to know him and understand who he is and what he did for you. And this week we're going to be talking about what it means to grow in God, to grow in faith, to grow in love. As Christians we are built to grow. Uh, Often we think that that growing stops when we become adults, don't we? We spend so much of our early life growing up, uh, learning how to do so many things. I have uh, these three small kids kids and all the time they are growing and learning. So often uh, I notice this because their shirts and their uh, trousers get short and their things uh, are getting um, too small for them. Uh, and, And as Christians that growth should really be happening for us as well. You might not believe it, but once upon a time, I actually used to be quite tall. Um, I think I was about 11. Uh, unfortunately, everybody else kept growing and I stopped. And it's really noticeable uh, growth. When we see people who've grown a lot, we can. It, there's proof of it and we can see it happening. Um, as Christians, obviously, we don't grow physically. And as adults, we don't really grow physically, at least not in the direction that we want to. Uh, but we do grow in something called fruitfulness and maturity. The Bible tells us about these different fruits that we're to grow in. Faith, love, grace, compassion, joy, peace. How are those things in your life? I know in mine often they're not where we want them to be. The reason that we joined the Eden Network many years ago was because we really wanted to grow in our faith and in our love and we knew that it was important to pick an environment that we could do that in. We wanted to go to a place where we could literally live our lives in full view of our community, where we could literally love our neighbours, where we could share the gospel, where we could live sacrificially, where we could build community. And we've been doing that for the last 11 years. And we have seen God do some incredible and amazing things. We've seen people come to faith. We've had baptisms. We had a church plant there for a season. We've seen people get free of debt. We've seen success uh, in the courtroom. We've seen success in reunification of families and forgiveness and all that kind of good stuff. But you know what? Of all the things that God has done in the people around us and through us, he's done an awful lot more in us when we reflect on the way that we have grown and learned through some of the experiences that we have. And that's really what I want to talk to us about this morning. You see, growth is something we should see, something we should notice. It's proof of our faithfulness to God. It's proof of abiding in him. We're going to look at some Bible passages in a minute about that. And how do children grow? Well, I've mentioned before that mine grow quite regularly and quite a lot. Um, But there are three things that I've noticed about how they grow. And the first is this. 
through the people around them, through key relationships, through having love, through being secure, through being stable. The second way that they grow is having good conditions for growth, having the right ingredients. That might be good food, that might be great sleep, um, that might be a safe place to live and to rest so that they're not stressed and worried. And finally, they grow through a range of experience, through experiencing new things, through exploration, through adventure, through adversity even. They need various stimulus in order to grow. You can't grow and learn and develop in a, in a blank room. Uh, nobody will thrive if they never have any kind of experience and if they try and shut themselves away and keep themselves safe. And finally, growth comes slowly over time. You know, kids don't grow well if you don't feed them, if they don't have good relationships, if they don't experience much of the world outside. And it's so much the same with our faith. It won't grow if we don't feed it, if we don't get alongside others, and if we don't explore things and do something with it. This is a really practical talk this morning, I hope, that you will see that we don't just know God with our heads, but actually we grow in love for him in our hearts. And that's worked out in our community, in our relationship, and really, really practically. A few months ago, as a church, we had a time of prayer and fasting. I don't know if you remember, some of us gave up food, some of us gave up social media, some people gave up sleep and got up really early in the morning. And actually, there was a really tangible sense of God's moving after we'd done that. I remember being at church on that Sunday morning and suddenly it was like the Holy Spirit was there in a new way. We'd grown in our expectation of what God was going to do. We'd grown in the hope that we had for him to move in the people around us. And even just in our own hearts and lives, we deepened in our relationship with him. The problem is when we get to be adults, we get very inflexible. We get very used to doing things the way that we always do them. We get a bit fearful perhaps to try something new and to do something. We have fears and hang-ups and habits, but God's desire for us is to live our lives to the full. It says in John 10, 10, thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to bring life in all of its fullness. And in order to live life to the full, we need to be exploring uh, God's uh, word and knowing what he has for us. We need to be alongside people and we need to be having a range of different experiences, putting our faith into practice. We're going to look at three scriptures this morning that tell us a little bit about what God calls us to do with our faith. The first one is from Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 to 39. It says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. Love God Love your neighbour. It sounds pretty simple, pretty straightforward, doesn't it? But there's more to come. Let's look at John 15 verses 5 to 17. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, 
that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. And that love is about remaining in God, about staying close to him. But it also involves sacrifice. He talks about laying down his life. And that sacrifice is something that he calls of us as well. Lay down our lives in love for one another. I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. And a third verse that I just wanted to read to us as well from Luke chapter 6, verse 32 to 36. It says this. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend from those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. This is a huge challenge, isn't it? I often think I'm quite a loving person. I love Steve. I love the kids. I love you guys. I love this church. I love my community. But the Bible tells us that we need to go further than that, further than loving those who are lovable, further than loving those who love us back and actually loving people who are enemies, loving people who are really hard to love, loving people who are completely different to us, totally strange, uh, that we really don't understand, that we may never experience love back from because that is the way that God loved us. He loved us even while we were in the worst sin, even whilst we were in the worst mess he went to the cross and died for each one of us and that is the love that we seek to capture from him and to experience from him and to share with his world you see love is really practical you can't separate out loving God from loving other people it's just not possible the two always go hand in hand and the way that you grow in love it's by giving it away. It's not about hanging on to it. It's not about having a deep, wonderful spiritual experience all on your own in your bedroom, watching videos and worshipping. As good as that is, you need to do something with that. You need to be a river of God's love rather than a well that just stores it all up that no one can access. 
And growing in love and, and sharing God's love and giving away God's love is like exercising a muscle. That's how we understand our growth in love, our growth in faith and our growth in God. It's about practicing things. It's about doing them regularly. It's about learning and trying all sorts of ways. I mentioned at the beginning that there were three ways that children grow. And I also said that there are those, those ways really apply to our Christian faith as well. I talked about relationships. Children grow through having key relationships, people who love them, give them security and stability. And we love first by knowing the one who loves us, by knowing Jesus, by being secure and stable in his love, by hearing from him, by reading his word, by understanding what he did for us by spending time in his presence. John talks about remaining in him, doesn't he? Paul talks about being rooted and established in him. And it's not just a head thing, is it? Um, John tells us, uh, Matthew tells us uh, the words of Jesus were to love God with heart and soul and mind and body and strength. It's complete the love of God that we are to experience. It's not partial. It's not just for bits of our life. It's not just for now, but it's for all time. And often I find, and perhaps you find as well, my primary relationship in life is, is often with myself. I am selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, at times self-indulgent. I, I harbor selfish ambition. I, I, I act out of self-preservation. Uh, maybe you do too. In everything, uh, in all of these things, sorry, the focus is often on me, what I can get, what I have the right to, what I deserve. And isn't this just the way that our society is. That's what society teaches us. You have rights. You are owed something. You are deserving of something because you are amazing and you are special uh, and, and everybody else should just clear out the way and provide you with unhindered access to what it is that you need. Maybe I'm overblowing it slightly. But our society and the, the community and the the way that we're living is all about radical individualism. It's all about me and getting what I want and going where I want. But that is not the way of God. That is not what God is calling us to. God is calling us to love him and to love others. It's about relationships with others. It's about community. There are so many times when I have encountered people who um, are desperately seeking help, desperately seeking community, desperately seeking something. And because it doesn't meet with my needs or my agenda at that point, I've just ignored them or gone on and done something else. It happened the other day. I was popping up to the cafe. I was trying to take some meter readings with the kids. I was literally set on walking there, doing the job, walking back. And then this lady turned up with her little lad and they followed us up the street. They started chatting. I went into the cafe they followed me in. I thought this is a little bit awkward. I'm literally just trying to do some jobs. But she was clearly wanting a chat. She had some needs and I managed to give her a cap leaflet and sort of send her on her way. But that wasn't really what I could have done. I could have spent time with her. I could have invited her around. There was so much more I could have done to show love. But I was acting selfishly because I was on my agenda and my time scale, and I didn't have room for interruption. So often people interrupt us and Jesus was interrupted and that was some of his best times of ministry. Whereas for us, it's a real battle, isn't it? And a real challenge to love people and to give them time in those moments when we've got something else on our mind and we're just trying to rush through. 
The relationships that we have with the people around us are also really key. When we joined Eden Mersey Bank 11 years ago, we built a team of people. Well, I say we, God built a team of people. He sent Heather and Leighton to join us from Kent. He sent Kat and Will to join us. He showed us Annie, who'd been living in, on our community for years, praying and, and serving. He sent us Joyce, who came and loved us and supported us. He sent us Gwen. He sent us um, Jenny and Gary and Sam, who've come to faith and grown up and now they're our really great mates and we're on mission together he sent us Claire he sent us so many people and those people have been such an encouragement and a blessing to us when we've found things tough when we're not sure what's going on when our love's growing cold they love us and they challenge us and we pray together and we seek God together and that has been so valuable for helping us grow helping us sustain our faith It is a privilege and a joy to do Christian life together and we are super blessed to have so many amazing neighbours and friends and Christian neighbours and friends uh, in our community. And the challenge to us this morning is if you're not in relationship with other Christians, if you're not seeking God with people, if you're not sowing into them uh, and if they're not sowing into you and you're not seeing growth in that group, then find that community, get into a grow group, chat to one of the leaders, chat to whoever's service hosting this morning. Uh, and get alongside some people because it is so valuable this Christian life is not an individual pursuit it is a team sport and we need one another the second thing that I talked about was food and fuel and conditions for growth How do you grow in love for God? Well, you need to feed that love with God's word. You need to spend time in the Bible. You need to read it. You need to meditate on it. And you need to put it into practice. It's not just a head experience about knowing the Bible and being able to quote scriptures, but it's an obedience exercise about taking what God says and putting it into action, doing it. Um, The Christian life that we have is a bit like that of a plant. We do need to put down roots as well as shoots, as well as fruits. And sometimes I get nervous when I see people who are new to faith growing really fast because I'm not sure if they're putting down the deep roots that is going to sustain the growth. We often look for things above the surface. When we're looking for growth, we're looking for that fruit, aren't we? The proof of what God's doing. But God also has a lot of work to do going down into our inner being, going down and planting deep roots. Um, And so growth is not too fast and it is not too slow. It's just at the right pace for us. We need to grow roots. And and that comes through private time with God. It comes through practices like prayer, like fasting, reading the Bible, having time off, All of those sort of disciplines that feed the soul, feed the spirit, help us clear away the busyness of life and experience God's presence. That's why we need times of activity, doing what God says, and then times of rest and times of listening and hearing clearly what God is calling us to do next. The Christian life needs rhythm. It needs balance. It needs uh, things to come in and then things to go out. We can't give out of emptiness. We can only give out of fullness, really. If we give out of emptiness, uh, you know, in John 15, he talks about becoming disconnected from the vine and and the fruit drying up and becoming withered and shriveled. And that's not the life that we're called to. We're called to the full life. So stick with the vine, stick close to Jesus, draw from him um, before you give out to others. 
And finally, environment and experience. Well, we picked a really specific environment to move into and we have bought a house in our community and we're really invested in that place. And maybe that's your experience as well. You are rooted in a physical place um, and you have decided to be purposefully sharing your faith, sharing love with your neighbours. Maybe that's your workplace. Maybe that's your immediate family. Maybe that's some other context. Whatever context it is, it is right to be purposefully sharing your faith. It is right to be seeking community. It is right to be putting down roots rather than just floating around and making no impact in the places that you dwell. I used to have a t-shirt which Steve hated. Uh, it was really big and baggy, but it had this sign on the front and it said, grow where you are planted. Each of us need to be planted somewhere. We need to be busy getting involved in building God's kingdom somewhere. I don't mean busy like for the sake of being busy, but I mean like diligently, purposefully doing what God says in that place, listening to him, praying for your neighbours. And actually, it's when we've been doing work in our community, when we've been loving our neighbours, when we've got alongside people, that we've seen our faith grow to a greater measure. And it's not always been through the good stuff, you know. Some of the times when I've grown deeper in love for God are when we've been campaigning for justice and we've been having to write letters and fight for, for people who are vulnerable and weak and whose voice is not being heard by the powers that be. And that's frustration and that's driven us to prayer. It's times when we've helped people um, with the loss of someone significant. I've done a couple of funerals, one for a lady who'd come to faith through the work that we did, who died really suddenly in her 50s, helping her family process that, helping give her a dignified send-off. Another time we helped some neighbours with the death of their son. It was tragic. It was awful. Uh, we, we spent time on our knees with God saying, why did this have to happen? Why was this their lot? Why was this their experience? But that drove us closer to him and the love that he has for us when we are broken, when we are hurting, when we have not got all the answers. There are many times when we've had to grow up as well. Times when we realise that we've been foolish, when people have taken us for a ride. Times when we feel ashamed because we know that our love is not sufficient, when we know that we've put ourselves first. All of these experiences come when you get out into community, get out into relationship, put God's word into practice. All experiences, proactive, um, doing what God says, help us grow. The problem is when we try and play it safe, when we try and keep ourselves uh, to ourselves, when we shut the doors, that's the problem. C.S. Lewis says this about love. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love at all is to be vulnerable. 
And that's what God calls us to, the vulnerability, the sacrificial life that might lead to us getting broken, might lead to us experiencing pain, might lead to us going down a path that we had never imagined. But as we do that, we are following the one who went first. We are following the one who sacrificed his own son. We are following the one who who gave up everything for us. To love is to invite pain. It's to be real with people. It's to be authentic. It's to have integrity. One final note before I finish about loving others. Luke uh, in his scripture talks about loving our enemies and the Bible often talks about loving people that we don't necessarily easily connect with. Maybe they're not antagonistic to us but we just don't know them, we don't understand them. There's still a massive divide in our churches along the lines of class, along the lines of culture and there are many people that we could do to draw closer to, to gain understanding, to see the love and to experience a community that God has truly designed for us. But when it comes to drawing closer to people who aren't initially like us, we can make some assumptions about what that might look like, about how that might be, especially when we're dealing with people who come from different social classes I've experienced. We can imagine that to come to faith for them is to come to be like us, is to come to uh, take on certain values that we think are important. And this can be massively problematic because God doesn't call us to be middle class or call us to be British or call us to be any specific um, culture or anything like that. He calls us to be like his son. When we cross these divides, we have to know that God isn't calling us to, to turn people into ourselves. We have to be open to hear them and listen to them and gain understanding. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer gives us some really good advice that I just want to um to read as we come into land. He says this, the first service one owes to others in a community involves listening to them. Just as our love for God begins with listening to God's word, the beginning of love for others is learning to listen to them. God's love for us is shown by the fact that God not only gives God's God not only gives God's word but also lends God's ear. We do God's work for our brothers and sisters when we learn to listen to them. So that's my challenge to us this week when we're going to get practical with growing in faith. It's to listen. Listen to God. Spend some time with him. Carve some time out. Maybe even do a day of fasting. Maybe even do an extended time of prayer and worship. Maybe even get your Bible out. Start a new reading plan. Now that we've celebrated Easter and we're on to the next thing, um, find a way of connecting with God this week. And then start to listen to some people around you. Ask God, who do you want me to to reach out to? Who do you want me to connect with? Who do you want me to grow in love for as I grow in love for you? Listen to them and show love to them this week. Bless you as you do that. Thank you so much for listening. Go and do what God has said. (laughs) 